This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome back to the Ajma Show. You guys, this is the calm before the storm. Oh my God. Anji and I have decided to do um, more of a loose episode today. Not that the episodes were ever too tight. They're as never you know, tight. You know, we, we kind of have a loose structure, but today we decided to go no structure. Number one, mainly because um, we're, we're lazy and um, to to be completely honest. But number two, and more importantly, this is a this is a time. Yeah. Um, this is the week before the election. And yes. f- the four final, years ago, this is the final episode before the election. This is the exactly. last episode. We'll the last episode opportunity we'll have to really talk yeah. it out. <laughs> to really talk it out, because who knows what'll happen next week? Um, I'm hoping that everyone out there is voting and has voted early or has a plan to vote. S- whatever it is, the numbers of early voting looks really good. Yes, and we have been people have been turning out unprecedented unprecedented like record shattering yes voting uh records so you know i i there's a part of me that feels really good because we i'm like you're letting yourself feel good you know me i only have hope (laughs) so you know i've done despair the first 37 years of my life so (laughs) and then you got that you got that moon charge crystal going yeah 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 (laughs) i got my abundance candle yeah of course, I'm scared. I'm, I, you know, you hear all these terrifying reports about everything from the Supreme Court to, to you know, the voter uh, suppression to ballot boxes being burned down. Yeah. And, you I mean, know, like active, active efforts to suppress and disfranchise voting in yes. in um, a way, in a fashion that is something out of like Jim Crow era South absolutely kind of disfranchisement uh, yeah. of voting of voters yep. who are exercising their God given forefather given right mm-hmm. hard fought right and it's something that like this is this is where I am Peter with this my anxiety levels are so high yeah you seem um well, okay, tell me where, where your anxiety levels are and what is the root? My anxiety levels are such that I am I'm I am I am for sure drinking too much. Like I'm like drinking. Like I'm just like drinking. Like the second like five o'clock hits, I'm like I'm drinking. I mean okay. I was, five five PM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not <laughs> you're not you're not day drinking, so no, you know, it's, it's not fine. it's not as bad yeah. as this could be. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, I'm, like, drinking a lot. W- fine. Okay. That's That just makes me cool. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a more attentive mother. Yeah. <laughs> and a more fun friend and yes. a, a more sexual wife. But yes. Like- <laughs> and just overall looser whole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, but my anxiety is so high that, like, my teeth are starting to... You know, like I'm starting to grind again. I just came back from the dentist. The TMJ's back. Oh yeah, it's oh. gotten through the Botox, through the dice oh, wow. board. It's just like wow, wow. let me let me add it. 
And okay. I'm keyed up. I can feel myself, you know, that uh, shallow breathing that you do. Like when you're, well, when I you're guess. nervous? For, yeah. Like kind of like super fast. Um, okay. Yeah. Hyperventilation. There. Almost. Like you're kind of like okay. prepped for it. You're primed for that okay. exact panic attack. So that's where you are physically, mentally, spiritually. What's yes. behind it? Election. But what about it? I am just. So let's start here, Peter, because I actually think when you texted me, I was I, my first thought was 2016 was a trauma. 2016 was a trauma. You and I were becoming friends four years ago, right around this time. Yes. Election time. Yes. And then right after election time hit. Mm hmm. We, you and I both looked at each other. We grabbed each other and we yeah. said, we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to put it on a podcast and we need to scream. And uh, there's too much going on. And I had that's no idea. how it started. The, the whites that were in such disarray. Like we had no yeah. idea that this was going on. Yeah, we had no on. idea the Karens near us would turn. We had no idea. We had and no so, idea. And that's on us, by the way. Yes. We, that's our and privilege. That, that's our privilege, and that's uh, we we did the whole stupid Obama hype. Yeah, you know what I mean. We said, "Oh, ho, ho, two uh, terms of a black president, eat it, racism." <laughs> you know what I mean? Eat it, institutionalized racism. <laughs> eat it, hatred. Eat it, homophobia. We thought everything was great because we relaxed for a bit, and that's our fault. But yes, there was a trauma, and it, the trauma came from. Honestly, you and I both not thinking this could ever happen. Ha happen. We could not even dream of it. All the polls, every single paper, The Atlantic, yes. New York Times, anything you could read that Nate was worth, worth reading. Nate yeah, fucking yes. silver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, all of them. I mean, and notwithstanding all of that, the vitriol and the tenor of the public debate reaching the levels that it did and continues to like yeah. it's called the depths of like what our society and our culture is you know what i mean like i think before this we would have all been like oh you know reality tv is kind of like a the low point of our culture but it's like no <laughs> jersey no. shore is embarrassing <laughs> yeah exactly like before 2016 yeah fucking you know the situation was the most embarrassing thing to come out sure and sure. now it's insane mm -hmm. and i think that that so that's the trauma 2016 that's the trauma that's the that's sort of the short answer but peter you know when i was thinking about this today mm. our the real anxiety that i'm feeling is one reliving the 2016 trauma certainly but it's the uncertainty that i know is possible because of the 2000 election because it was stolen mm -hmm. and we know that right. it's possible we watched it happen we know they're gonna steal it and I, that's we my anxiety. know that's the anxiety. yeah but but okay i understand that that yes. you're we're you're worried that they're gonna do something untoward we, I, we saw our we democracy. Saw, we already saw one example of it. We saw how they did it legally. We saw how they're doing it right now not, in front of our it, eyes. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's the root of the anxiety, and it's because. That, so what does that mean? That 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 you are you feel like you can't trust your government. You can't trust your society. What does it come down to? Because you know 
that it can happen. You know it is happening right now yes. as we speak. You yes. know, there are militia men coming out and <laughs> amassing at the border. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and standing so people, you know, to quote protect protesters. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, we see you know, as comics, we have joked about the oncoming onslaught of the race war. Right. So none of it is a surprise anymore. That's why I think for me, I don't feel as anxious about it. Do I feel shitty? Yeah. 100%. It sucks. Also, polar bears are drowning. You know what I mean? There's like, there's so much happening in the world that is bad. What's happening with polar bears? Wait. No, because you swim for a while and you fucking run out of calories and there's no ice to shelf on. Oh my God. And so they're drowning? They're drowning. Literally, you know, water's going to their lungs because they can't find anywhere to like stop swimming for a second. So... You know, the, all of that is happening at the same time. So uh, f- I guess for me, I'm not, uh, and don't take this as a way to like me saying you shouldn't feel anxious. Feel mm-hmm. you, the way you feel is the way you feel and it's real. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why I don't feel anxious is mm-hmm. maybe because I just already foresee it going to hell. One way or the other, whether Trump steals it yeah. or Biden wins in a landslide and he tries to do some nonsense yes. about he's getting help from Iran and yeah. North Korea, you know, whatever yeah. the fuck he's going to pull out of his, you know, shitty hole, whatever it is, it's all been said and done. And we it's, you know, he's promised there. That's one thing he has done is he's promised literally that he's going to be this guy. He's never, you know what I mean? And we uh-huh. we have said like, <laughs> well, he can't be that bad. No, he's told us he's going to do everything to break, quote, drain the swamp or whatever the fuck, right? So I guess for me, I've always imagined it going to hell one way or the other. I, can't, I guess maybe my anxiety is rooted in, how about this? My, I guess when you put it that way, because these are all things you're right. He, all of this stuff has already happened and it will happen again. Um, I will say that I think my anxiety is ultimately rooted in a certain sense of optimism. It's like mm. that it might go another way. And I kind of am, that's where, that's where my anxiety is coming from. That I think that maybe there's still that a there's possibility. there's a chance, chance it could be. Okay. There, there might be a, a peaceable transition of power. Like, think about this fucking sentence <laughs> no that way. we're saying. But no then way. there might be, like, it'll be the, you know what I mean? And so that anxiety, and also, I think with the pandemic, with this kind of lifestyle that we've been living, and mm-hmm. this is this is a Trump too far. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, there is a. Something's got to give. At the fucking dentist today, the dent, the my dentist was like, you know, I've seen more cracked teeth in the last <laughs> six months. Oh my god! Then I the have people are gritting, my- gritting their teeth too much. Uh-huh. Oh god! People can't sleep. Yeah. People are la- yeah. laying awake, mm-hmm. just fucking tossing and turning. Not just about if it's not about money, it's about the kids, it's about your marriage, it's about the situation. It's about COVID, it's about health, it's about not grieving your family. Yes. Yeah, it's all too much. And And so that's why I think the anxiety is 
at an all-time high because now there's also the I I think now that I've said it out loud that's what it is for me it's ultimately this hope that I have that somehow this election might help <laughs> that it might provide some a respite from the shitstorm you know what I mean like we've got these fucking crazy militia people you know, yeah. trying to protect the fucking Panera. Like, this is like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to protect yeah. the Panera? Like, like, I can't believe the sentences that I'm forced to say. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And, like, and, and like, both of us, I'm a very patriotic person. Right? Like, I am someone that... See, I yeah. am not. Yes. And I think that's where it comes from. Yes. You have completely assimilated into American identity. Yeah, I mean, I I am, I have. You love America. Yeah, I. I it's like the zeal of a convert. Like as an immigrant, yes. that's. Yeah, you're like the new evangelical, being like, yeah. have you heard of the word of God? <laughs> it's like shut up, bitch! Just, it's been thousands of years and it's fake. I'm here to spread the good word. And yeah, the, I good, understand the good news. that. I brought. I've come. Yes. Bringing. I'm bringing Bearing you good, good news. news. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I mean, that's the reason why so many, a lot of immigrants are conservative. You know, it's sure. like this. They are. It's also they left their socialist or whatever exactly. regime that yes. you know. And a but total rejection. The, but when we when we talk about that, let's talk about that because I have always felt, and I think this is because my family has been always kind of like act, behaving or acting, you know, above the law. <laughs> You know what Above I mean? Like and outside, yeah. <laughs> outside of it, yeah. uh, you know, like with beyond the reaches of the law, mm -hmm. and which means, you know, uh, funny taxes, and um, you know, uh, of maybe alleged identity fraud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. there are some federal crimes that <laughs> allegedly happened. You know, whatever. At the end of the day, that's how I grew up. I never grew up thinking I had to be American. I always mm -hmm. grew up thinking I was Korean that happened to be living in America, right? Uh -huh. And sure, there, this place was a place of opportunity for us uh -huh. and somewhere with more where the ceiling was higher, yes. you know, than where my parents came from. But I think that's where I have grieved is... That ceiling is not high anymore. It's no. no longer the place for opportunity. It's no longer that because the 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 whole idea behind capitalism has uh, has completely been perverted. There's no. It's only capitalism for rich whites and yes. their colorful friends that don't question their motives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's I mean, what yeah. it is. Like, and let's call it what it is. This is just another form of, you know, strongman dictatorship. It just happens to be a new oligarchy. And it's not, it's not what we, we say that this country is. Maybe there are people with those ideals, but the way it's currently run right now, that's not how it runs. I mean, Look at the I DNC... But I mean, truly at the core of it, there's everything about America at the spiritual center of America is not a more, the spiritual center of America is not moral or ethical. It is um, financial, right? Yes. The spiritual center. And it was that way from the beginning. 
And I don't think my patriotism or my belief in America comes from not understanding these things. You know, honey, honey I read Zen. Like, I know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I fully acknowledge all of the flaws deeply, fundamentally, at its founding and at its core, all the things that make um, an, a good America impossible. Right? Exactly. Yes. Um, I think my patriotism comes from one immigrant stuff, right? Uh, the opportunity shit that you're talking about, I guess. I mean, I don't know. My parents are all both very cynical. Like, because they were poor, they, you know what I mean? They did not get to, like, I have friends whose parents, like, got to go to college. Like, you know, there was, like, that program where some, like, some of the Korean ladies got to go to Germany to get, like, nursing stuff. There's like a, like a like a weird faction of Koreans in Germany. They yeah. like they worked in coal mines and blah blah blah. It's a weird part of the immigration diaspora story of Korea, but um I think that they were certainly very skeptical about everything. You know, my parents also have stolen my identity. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. That's such a classic Korean thing to yes. steal your kids' identity and ruin their credit for 7 yes. years. You owe me this. <laughs> Sometimes I look at my credit score. I'm like, oh my god, that's so bad. Oh, I remember now why. <laughs> right. <laughs> my mother started a business in yes. my name. <laughs> they took out a loan. Like that's all yeah. the stuff. Um, but like, I think my patriotism at its core is because I am a romantic. Because all these knowing all these things, like I yeah. love love. I believe I am a. Uh, I have faith. I am always going to be someone that gives someone a benefit of the, of the doubt, you know, like mm. I, I think, and I also love Americans like you and I are Americans. I like this. I like, you know, I don't know if I like Trump, like that to me is not American. That's just, uh, a, like a niche sort of person, but like by and large, you know, Americans that I know and that I love, that's kind of what makes me feel patriotic, I think. Cause I like, I also love ideal. Like I like stuff like the platonic ideal of shit. I do get wrapped up in it. Yeah. You know, like that's, I think part of it. Like I've been watching yeah. West ring nonstop, <laughs> you know, cause that, I mean, those of you who do, do not know West wing, it is government porn. Like it is pornography for Dems that yeah. in this like mythical world, there's been like four Four uh, administrations, each eight years of Democrats, <laughs> like in yeah. this supposed alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I and here's what I do have hope that um, this the ship will right itself, but I do think that the ship it'll be f like a forty days and forty nights of. Mm -hmm tumultuous rainfall that 2000 know? election was that yeah and i remember the 2000 election that was the first year i could vote and mm -hmm. being completely feeling completely fucking shitty and uh bamboozled and yes. thinking this sucks i have my vote sucks 
I have d- democracy is not real. I remember going to college <laughs> and taking a resident class on the Iraq war and really like really diving into like what are the presidential powers and how it's being expanded and and, and you know like how a wartime president could have so much uh, reach over the Congress and other, yeah. you know, like, and I, 2000 is when I really lost my love for America. Yes. And, and then 2001 happened and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And I think that's really when, you know, when I was in college, that was my first, second year in college. And I was like, this, I'm not American. This, Amer- um, this idea of America, I pledge of allegiance to the flag. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, you know, like that all shattered for me. And the way we treated Muslim Americans, the way, you know, it was like watching Japanese internment happen all over again. Yes. Like, it was and, really and, wild. You know, yeah. So, like, and, and now it's happening again. You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter and, you know, just everything in general, Proud Boys and Jews and all this. So, have have we as quote Americans changed? Yes, the demographics the demographics have changed yes. severely. Mm-hmm. It's no longer my father's land. You know, like that's no longer America anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think America doesn't really exist, and that's why I think this schism is important and needs to happen because the Democrats or and Republicans the entire. Um, order uh, the political order from Nancy Pelosi all the way fucking down it's all still old guard and they're still retaining power in, in the way where like they only the rich and powerful still run the country and yes. the AOC and her squad is such a blip and a, a new kind of Gen Z young movement is brimming and that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm not hopeful for um, fucking Chuck Schumer to turn things around. <laughs> I'm not. I think they should all go. Diane Feinstein, yeah. she could go. Like, you're 85 years old. Get the fuck out of here. You every know what time, I mean? Every I think- time Chuck Schumer opens his mouth, I'm always like, that's exactly the voice I expected to come out of that face. Like- yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's that whiny, fucking annoyed voice who's been entrenched in politics for decades, like Republican or Democrat, it doesn't really matter. It's these old white, um, you know, like institutional fucks that are fighting with each other, yes. and the rest of us have to deal with it. We're the casualties. The fact that the casualties. <laughs> none of them care about this one trillion dollar mm-hmm. fucking a uh, relief bill. They don't need the relief. They're no. doing fine. They have Dow- jobs. They're they on have- TV. <laughs> They have multiple estates. Yeah. They have portfolios. <laughs> Shit that like a normal American will never. What the fuck is a portfolio? I think of it as a manila folder. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's not something like we don't eat. We live in two separate universes where they get to run the country and have fun with money and politics and power. And we are sitting here working seven gigs yeah. to uphold this economy that is on its last legs, it it just doesn't make sense. So I guess like there's a part of me that, yeah, maybe wants it to fail and wants it to all break because you're, and, and I know that's kind of like what the MAGA mentality is. Like, oh, we don't care who gets in here. Yeah. Let's just break it down. I, I, my point of view is let's give a fighting chance to something new. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I want a third, a real third party to rise. 
that's uh, that's looking at environment, that's looking at socialism, that's looking at fucking taking care of health care for everyone. You know, like there's so many things that we that the Democratic Party still doesn't even uh, admit or talk about the fact that healthcare is still a Biden. Biden's like waffling on that and fracking. He's still waffling on that. It's insane to me. And I, that's you know, why these people, these MAGA Trumpers or whatever hate the Democrats because we don't, at least the Republicans have a fucking point of view, which is uh, us, not you, you know, like the democratic party, we're, we're still, we're still like all faking the funk with each other. We're like, oh, we're not racist. Everything's equal. Everything's good. But, but the Republicans also, I think are much more, dire need of a fracturing and they have a very deep fissure that's along religious lines because the thing is maybe when did when did republican become synonymous with racist like religious zealot like maybe the 80s because before that it was just yeah reagan reaganism because before fucking reagan being a republican was just meant you were fiscally conservative didn't there was nothing other like culturally that would be an assigned to you because everyone was their own. Right. That's what Republican meant. But that was before Reaganomics. Right. Reaganomics was really what added, changed. And then you added yeah. in this like religious moral center, moral yes. right idea. The moral sort of like superiority was involved into politics in a way that was incredibly corrosive to the Republican base and now right now if you're a person in a fucking suburb that just thinks that the government needs to spend less money you can't say you're a republican yeah that means that you're fucking racist so exactly I, i think that the republicans they need to own up to the fact that they've allowed racist crazy people that love making sure making sure that women never have abortions evangelicals they're crazy about this abortion thing yes crazy it's They've allowed their party to does, be hijacked by these fringe, absolutely. crazy people. And they need to be yes. held up to account for it. Because at this point, after after all this shit shakes down, mm-hmm. right? And when they are... Because they're going to have to be cotton with the idea that there are going to be no young Republicans. Like, Yeah, they're, that, I, well, that's the whole thing behind this Supreme Court rush. Is that they know their party is on, its, on their way out. There is, I mean, there are young Republicans. There, there's like a lot of Gen Z, like, um, you know, KKK stuff. Did you see that Sarah Silverman post this week? Um, about her KKK friend. I I couldn't finish all of it. I kept trying. It was to so. It, it yeah. was so good. She was talking yeah. cancel culture, and she's talking about how one of her best friends is an ex KKK guy. Yes. And she, when she interviewed him about why he joined the skinheads. He was he's the reason was is because they showed him love. Yes. That he was missing love and community. And that's what it is. Is that like since Reaganomics, we have been obsessed with individualism and individual. And we talk about this on this podcast so much. We've lost the idea of collective family values, the the quote family values that the Republicans have commandeered as their thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So now that they, you know, and it it all, it all kind of like ends up supporting one thing, which is 
patriarchy. It's like be obedient to your father and your husband. Women's bodies aren't your own. And when we're talking about father, husband, we're talking about white father, white husband, because we're not talking about any other race Mm -mm. because this is not your country. And once civil rights movement happened in the 60s and into the 70s with uh, the war and showing the casualties of Vietnam War, I think the whole... um, nation has really changed from like whoa what are you doing here like this is not cool this is not what america stands for and nixon and all that like that all of that ushered into this at reagan reaganomics has really changed us from talking about outright you're black and you can't drink my water fountain to oh be the best you can be bootstraps bootstraps say no to drugs introduce crack into the neighborhoods and it, it so it, racism has not gone away, but it has leveled up into this like really systemic thing that we have created policies around, around like it's identity politics that has been used as a very specific tool inside of elections by Republicans. It started with the Southern strategy with Nixon. If anybody's very interested in like this sort of stuff, very specifically, there's a documentary, I believe it's on prime uh, about Lee Atwater he was a very, very famous, very powerful Republican strategist inside of Reagan and then every subsequent with the Bush people mm-hmm. as well. And he orchestrated that, that famous uh, Willie, uh, like the Willie, um, what the fuck is his name? But they used it against Dukakis. And he, they, they saber rattled and used sort of like jingoistic scare tactics of around mm-hmm. race very specifically. And they use it as a tool inside of elections to scare white suburban voters, very yeah. specifically the white suburban vote. And what we're seeing now, what you're talking about, Peter, about like the sort of like demographic shift that's happening, it's happening in the suburbs too. white suburban people that choose to live in the suburbs are not always racist. Like they also do not, they may, they all went to, at some point, you hope they went to a college and was friends with a person of color. <laughs> you know, that one point in their lives where they met people that were outside of the suburban town that they returned to. You know these people. You went to college with them. I went to college with them too, you know? Yeah. And they presumably learned something at, at this college and went back and still hold on to those values. You know, like they may not. Yeah, just, just because you have a black friend doesn't mean that you all of a sudden think differently. Yes. You could have a black friend and be like, oh, but you're still black and you probably are not as good of a human as I am. <laughs> and all lives matter. But there are also yeah. also white suburban voters very specifically. So I was listening to this thing about uh, on the daily about very specifically the white female suburban vote. And the these oh, are the I, women. I these, are the the one, these are the 53 percent. These are the 53 percent. And how mm-hmm. that demographic has very specifically turned against Trump and it's this wave of activism that's happening on social media and this broke my heart but this woman was talking this was a Trump voter in 2016 who said this she said watching George Floyd call out for his mother mother that's when I I changed yeah Yeah. like because that was a call to all my mother yes that's what I mean it's like that you had to watch that you you couldn't you philando castillo fucking um you know anyone else laquan mcdonald like none of that mattered you that's what i mean is that 
you it's so powerful the mind of the 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 fear ridden mind that you're willing to compartmentalize human lives because it doesn't because you can't relate to it yeah. that is such a yeah and that that's and that's everyone that's across yeah. race yeah that's across race that's but that's what i mean is that like exactly and that's that's exactly why like I don't know if we are in a again I say this all the time but the country's so fucking big 330 million people yes. it, even just between our own friend group mm-hmm. you know what I mean like if we have 10 people hanging out two of us are going to never agree you know what I mean like <laughs> whereas I, most of us are just going to be like oh, okay I don't want to fight you know what I mean like <laughs> I mean, and that's fine, but I think that moving forward in a society, if most people have most needs taken care of, right? If that's, we have a. That's that, if, what's important. Yes. If most people have most needs taken care of, then maybe we can address this other shit. Like, if people yes. are not struggling to survive yes. Yes. and struggling to get asthma medication, right. to survive a treatable chronic condition. In 20 fucking 20. Yeah. If they're not working like that, like a dog, and then having yeah. them being inside of a cab or a long haul dr- thing where they're just listening to crazy talk radio that is radicalizing them or right, other right. Or radicalizing them. On the, I mean, we both know people that have been radicalized by the left. Um, I've like, been radicalized by the left. I have been too. I mean, I, yeah. mean I, I guess I'm talking about us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> But I mean, it's just like, if we could just have these basic things, then I think the conversation would, one, be far less, feel less um, enormous, would have less yeah. intensity. The yeah. fervor and the pitch of it would not be so feverish. You know, if you have healthcare and I have healthcare and both of us are not burdened by college debt, Right. We might be able to have a rational conversation. And not working 19 <laughs> jobs. Right. To keep my kid from, you know, fucking starting. Because we got unions Because we, got, we right. got unions. Union, the labor movement in this country needs right. to get strong again. Because exactly. when it was the strongest, uh, equity in this country was, yes. uh, parity was the highest. And so was um, church. Like, I mean, like, it's just like the spiritual center of this country cannot be neglected and people if you think that's inside of a church if, fine i you can say it's inside of a drum circle you could say it's in front of in a the spiritual center is a coven like yeah, you mean whatever the fuck you, you know an advanced improv class yeah. whatever it is for you <laughs> reach out to your community the community is the issue and I, I think you're absolutely right is that the our basic needs aren't being met and we are angry on top of that COVID on top of that um, environmental disaster, every place we turn, everything becoming bigger and yes. worse. So all of these pressures on globally uh, are, um, are fucking with us. And on top of that misinformation and all this and that, but at the end of the day, I think why America specifically is about to break is because of this unhealed wound of racism and how it is, how that, all those things that are happening to you, the Republicans or these fucking fascists are basically blaming people of color. Yes. Homosexuals, 
loose women. And it's all coming down from that patriarchy, that white yeah, man. Yeah, loose women felt really directed at me. <laughs> that was directed at you. Look at your whole girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? it is. It is. It's a direct affront to whatever sensibility yes. they imagine is being to their white god. Yes. That's what this is this all stems from. And even people of color are adopting that. Saying like, yes. "Oh yeah, like I might be Mexican, but I'm not that Mexican." It's that same thing. It's like when you're gay, when you fucking come out and you are self-hating gay because yes. you're taught to fucking hate yourself yes. and then you turn around and it's like, "Oh, I'm not I'm not fabulosity gay." Yeah. I'm yeah. not that gay. I'm not a bottom. You know what I mean? Like, and so many gays are like bottom shaming and that comes from hating women. That's a direct (laughs) input from uh, uh, being ashamed of femininity. That all stems from the same fucking thing. And, and unless we actually talk about why that's wrong, it, there's, it doesn't matter if Biden's in charge or Harris or whatever the fuck. Like, we're not actually doing anything. We're just swapping. We're doing musical chairs and just swapping in people and then hoping, like, you know, the uh, the world economy doesn't divest from us. Which, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why would why would yeah. they? What are we fucking pumping out besides culture? And now Korea's been doing it better. I know. Did you finish Record of Youth? I'm on the I'm on the late late latest episode. The, okay. I I watched the one right before. Okay. So <laughs> all that to say, yes, it is a stressful time, and it is totally normal to be anxious. I'm. Going it's to totally need to be normal. I am going to be need to be. I'm going to need. I to think be I think that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, like I think it's <laughs> what it's whatever you need to do to not feel like you're gonna have a fucking panic attack. Yeah. Because you see something on Twitter or whatever. Do it. And, just, you know, I, it's not it's, it's not that I see something or it's I am. It's all hypotheticals. It's that's what me, I mean. Yeah, that's what it is. It's your own brain yes. killing you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, nothing has ha- actually happened. No. It's just me going. I, I'm telling you, I, 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 yeah. right. You're totally right. And that that's stress like is a killer. Yeah, that that stress yeah. is a killer. Like it's that stress is that cancer killer. Yeah, it I mean, is. I've been literally. Why do I wake up in the morning? I hold an amethyst to my heart. <laughs> I love that. Like, can you just pull whatever? <laughs> can you take, take it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Anjay. Remember what happened at 2016, and we felt horrible, yes. right? And then we started this podcast, and we started screaming into this void. Oh God, and, yeah. and what I'm trying to say is, we thought that was the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, it's the end of society, end of decency. How could white women betray us? <laughs> <laughs> How could Denise do this to me? You know, while staring just... right at you, you know? <laughs> and Denise. What, what happened, though? In the last four years, a lot of bad shit has happened. Yes. I.e. George Floyd yeah. being publicly lynched on video. Yes, that has happened. But let us also count the many, many, many innumerable good things that have happened in the last four years. The conversation has changed. The conversation we have has totally changed. Anji, we have 33 Patreon members. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. you think pre-Trump, 
We would have had those numbers, huh? You think? And now people are going to listen to this and be like, you know what? I haven't been a Patreon this whole time. Now I'm going to subscribe. You and I were able to go travel and do shows. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm not saying that's because Trump. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Let's give Asians a try. But maybe, maybe. You know, I sometimes think about if, uh, 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 and I know like this sounds really trolly, but I'm not trying to be like, if Hillary was president, do you think BLM would have popped up like this again? No. Do you think Me Too would have happened? You know what I mean? Like, there's so, do you think we yeah. would have got fucking Harvey Weinstein's ass? So, uh, the, no, that would have been a fine. The, that would have been a fine situation. Exactly. Yeah. And the amount that Trump has pushed us to the limits to yeah. the sheer emotional spiritual fucking breaking points i'm not saying that this is the way i wanted it to happen but yes. i am glad we are fucking not taking rape anymore yes. pre-2016 <laughs> y'all was raping yes everybody oh, be oh. raping everybody <laughs> yes. was it was crazy and even the mention With of it no remorse like, no more and then the culture as well we were like well you know yes somebody's gonna just uh, you know sometimes just this guy's gotta gotta rape like what are you gonna do yeah. <laughs> you know? and then a, you know a white woman like megan kelly would be like i've never been raped so <laughs> you know that that would have been all fine and we would have grumbled about it but mm -hmm. we would have moved on because we had i don't know something else to talk about but the fact that trump is such a disgusting effigy of the hatred and the vitriol that still remains in America mm -hmm. because these whites and um, these people who quote think this country is only for them mm -hmm. feel like because of the demographic shift that their country has been stolen. This whole thing about Trump saying like Ilhan Omar, she hates America. Yeah, yeah. These liberal cucks, they hate America. All these dog That's, whistles, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is what they feel. And he is pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. Like, this is your country. Don't let them do this. Don't let them over the border and rape your child. It's like, what? That's not ever, it's not happening at all. Yeah. But they're already feeling vulnerable about this. And uh, I think- and Let's be real, think, most people are raping their own daughters. Hello. <laughs> Someone you know. That's like, always yeah. a domestic terrorist situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the last four years, look at look at look at uh, the fact that we had the 2018 blue wave of yes. the AOCs, the Ilhans, the people who said, you know what? No fucking more. We're gonna step up and we're gonna change things. Before that, if Hillary, if after Barack, it became Hillary. I could guarantee you we would not have had that blue wave. We would have no. had the opposite. It would have been a, a, a huge red wave yeah. of saying, oh, Crimson this tide. goddamn pantsuit nation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Crimson exactly. Tide. Yes. It would have been fucking horrible. I mean, I, I my what I'm looking forward to mm. is my hope. Because you're mm. right. It's like ultimately because the culture in reaction to Trump's presidency had the conversation we're having the conversation now we're having it the the tough fucking conversations Ooh, we're having it's hard i'm that's what i'm saying i hope i want to rest i want you want to stop talking i, I want to just <laughs> i want to just chill on the conference i mean like we'll continue having i'm continuing to learn i'm continuing to listen certainly i'm just saying i want to feel less outrage 
I want to chill for a sec. I agree with you. I think we can be less outraged. Yeah. That's kind of where I really do. Yeah. I really do. And I think that's in our power to do so. We, the choice to be outraged is ours and ours alone. And I don't mean that as like, just be jaded, then you won't care about anything. That's not what I'm saying. Outrage with outrage alone just creates more anxiety. Yes. But if your outrage leads you to productivity, then you are, you're letting it outlet somewhere. You're letting it grow into something. You're letting it, you're letting the outrage feed into something positive. Therefore it, you know what I mean? It balances the yin, the yang. So I think there, there is worth and value to outrage, but for our spiritual and mental health, Mm-mm. it cannot be just outrage alone. Yeah. It's, it does. It's worth nothing. The fact that you worry does not make anything better. No. Yeah. It just makes and, me watch West Wing. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I will say, you know, and not to like be that guy who's like tooting our own horn, but the outrage we felt in 2016 is what birthed this podcast. And yes. look at how many people we have touched with this podcast. Up to hundreds. <laughs> Killing me with these things today. <laughs> we have I hit up I, to hundreds of people, close to is, a thousand. I come, I keep coming back for more. Every time you do it, it's the same twist, <laughs> and I'm just as surprised every time. <laughs> and that's how you know we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <exactly. laughs> Our friendship has grown because of this. Yeah, you know. For real? Uh, the stuff we went through at, uh, you know, at cards, yeah. the, the, sh- the call out of second city yeah. and it's practices, you know, it's, it's, it's going on sale, <laughs> <You know? laughs> the it breakdown is- of these comedy institutions, limited that- time only sort of sale. Like, <laughs> kind of, it's crazy. Yeah. If you, if you guys have $1,600, please buy second city. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, I, I totally understand that it, it is a very rough time and it is only going to be more and more rough. Yeah. It won't, this idea of like, let's go back to 2015. There's no going back. There's the, the earth only spins one direction. So we, we must find a way to move forward with the current, you know, as opposed to trying to fight the whole thing, like, and yeah. try to like, be like the, the wave is coming and try to hold out the wave. I think we have to turn around and just go with the wave. And I do think whether Trump wins or Biden wins, I personally do think that this country will be in a better place. I do. Then what it has been the last four years. Yeah, absolutely. If Biden wins, hopefully it'll come through policy and it'll come through, you know, uh, the Senate. Hopefully we'll fucking take the Senate and the presidency and then we'll rejigger the Supreme Court and start really protecting our own people. Yes. If it's Trump, it'll divide us even more 
and there will be civil war. Yeah. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta poison some people. We gotta poison those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm serious. Like that's just, I, that's what it's gotta be. So a Patriot needs to step up and fucking poison somebody. <laughs> I'm so I'm making the call right now. I'm like all my okay, all right, my, pr- right. my proud mamas, right. my proud mamas, step up. <laughs> all right, Rush Limbaugh. All right, calm down. <laughs> I was gonna say, but yeah, it'll it'll happen. I think the especially the youth, the young, yes, the young we, are so good. They they are coming up and they are angry. If I was eighteen. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I would be so fucking angry yeah. if I just graduated high school and I was like, finally, I don't have to live with my fucking mom and my stepdad and my dumb brothers anymore. Peace <laughs> out. And all of a sudden it's lockdown. Yeah. I would want to do everything in my young, beautiful, like exciting life to change things. And oh, yeah. I think I think they're there. And I, yes. I really hope like I'm thinking, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but like. I want to get in, involved in politics right now. Yeah. You know, like maybe I'll run for something. Okay. You know, and locally. And I, I really do feel the 60s now. You know ah, what I mean? I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, because of the young people changing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The openness, you know, the free love, free sex, drugs, LSD. Yeah. That time really shifted things. You know, albeit now we look at it in kind of a bad way, but um, I don't know. I feel like this is another shift in in our country's DNA. And and I think we, we, you and I might be a little uh, older. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But but we we ourselves were a part of that, a very specific liminal moment Mm. with the 2000 election. Because yes. I know a lot of my friends certainly became activists afterwards and continue mm-hmm. to be. I mean, mm-hmm. I but now they're part of the institution, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I have like a couple of friends that literally work for government mm-hmm. and started out as organizers, like yeah. came up with the Obama thing. And like, I feel like with the Gen Z kids, as they come up and have this moment Right. This galvanizing moment that radicalizes you and wakes you up. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. that um, whatever third eye kind of like touched moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When that happens and it's surrounding this kind of moment and you become political, mm. when these people start to act, organize, they'll come up against an inter- institutional sort of they'll come up against an institution led by people like us that remember mm, and are empathetic. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's You're change. Right. You're that's right. going to be the change. That's cool. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yes. That's cool. It to is think really about exciting. How, and it'll hurt and it'll be, it'll be rough, man. Like it's going to be bloody. I'm sure, you know, but what's yeah. revolution without a little blood, man? Like I mean, I, it's <laughs> everyone's going to be using a diva cup. And there will be, <laughs> you know, yeah, it'll be I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this femme revolution. I'm ready for men and the agro patriarchy to be gone. It's, it's the done. rise of the moon. It is a bad yes. moon rising on the left. <laughs> this Saturday, by the way, is uh-huh. it this Saturday Halloween? Yeah, it's a blue moon. So all you witches out there, make sure. Moon? It means it's the second full moon in one month, which is rare, which is why that saying, where that saying comes from. Like once, once in a, in a blue, blue moon. moon. <gasps> Very rare blue moon. 
It's um, it, astrologically, it's a fucked up time. We have four planets in retrograde. It's uh, I, I, and I, you know what that means is that it seems like it's moving backwards, and yeah. that's usually when technology fucks up and communication fucks up, and everything's like nothing's really working the way it is. And I think that's uh, c- contributing to our anxieties as well as feeling yes. like we're doing everything we can, but nothing's working, and I'm feeling hopeless. And y- it is totally normal. And if you guys are feeling that way, don't worry, you're not crazy. None of this is outside of what you know. This is all actually supposed to happen, but. On December 31st, we have a blue moon. It's the second full moon of October. The first full moon was October 1st when um, Trump got COVID. And the 31st is going to be another time where we can all set the intentions for the nation, for, you know, calling all patriots. Okay? We can set the intention of the nation to move forward in, you know, and I'm not, it's not like a, Oh, I, I I did a meditation and I'm done. But if we as collectively set our individual intentions towards community, towards, you know, helping each other out and, and, and you know, a, a more of a, a collectivist socialist idea, then I think that will ripple. You know, and whoever wins on the third, because it doesn't even matter if if Biden wins by a landslide, Trump's going to be like cheated. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he wins by a tiny bit, he's going to be like recount cheated. Yeah. You know, it's going to be 2000 all over yeah. again. It's gonna be and he already has again. Kavanaugh saying, you know, shit in the footnotes saying yeah. like, well, you know, citing this thing, we could, mm-hmm. we're not going to allow states to. Yeah. So you know what? It, 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 it'll be what it will be, but I believe in us. I believe, I believe, in, I believe in us. I believe in us. I believe in the Ajuma fans. I believe in. We I have been doing. Ajuma fans. You I do believe, believe in energy. Patreon members. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe in the fucking energy that you and I put into this podcast yes. will not go wasted. A <laughs> hundred and fifty-three episodes. Yeah. All right. That's 150 God three goddamn fucking weeks. We have been screaming into this yeah. void. And if we if we gave you us even a small sense of respite, joy, mm-hmm. a, a time to cackle, a time to of reflection, a time to maybe think about how, you know, and I love, you know, how you say this. I've been telling everyone this, like, you know, my friend Unji says, like, you know, the, the idea of being a progressive is to. Every three months say that, oh, I'm an asshole. I was wrong. Yeah. And I think that energy is what we should propel into this next chapter of America. It's like dare to be fucking wrong. Yeah. And and listen, because there's beauty in that. There's growth in that. And, and you know, and the, the main thing is there's ego death in that. And I, I'm going to I'm going to put this out into the universe through the waves of this digital void or whatever this is like dare you know let's dare to kill our egos for for one second for the for the greater good because you know america is america and china is china and russia is russia whatever but at the end of the day the, the whole fucking earth is about to collapse so and we we got seven years gal let's do this <laughs> <laughs> let's rally let's fucking aja fighting you know what i mean it's the final moment. We're tied up. 
you know, 63-63, the buzzer's counting down, and we have one shot left. Let's make that fucking shot. That's a very, that's an agro sports analogy. I know, it's written into my, yeah, my like, Disney it, it, pilot. Let me, let me that's just let why. you know, let me let, let, just let you know, in the, in the new moon republic. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, be, I like that. Yeah, there will be no sports analogies. I will allow it okay. because we're still living in the okay, patriarchy. Okay. This is the pre, yeah, pre-moon, PM. AM, over. All right, we're going to take a quick bathroom break and we'll be right back with Kick-Ass Koreans. We're back. Yeah. I just want to say one last thing. I just remember while I was peeing. This quick anecdote. And I think this will kind of, I, at least for me, this anecdote, I think, really clears up what the issue might be right now. Okay. Beyond, beyond politics, really. So okay. in California, we have a lot of propositions on the bill, on the ballot. Yes. And one of the propositions, 22. Yes, it's 22. Is... You know this one? No, I know that it's the, a big one that people have been um, asking people to say no to. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, there is Prop 22 is about um, the gig economy and how companies need to provide um, like turn people into W2 employees and yes. pay out benefits, sick time unemployment, et cetera, et cetera. The reason why companies like Uber and Lyft and Postmates do not want this to happen is because this will cost them so much money. Yes. To, yeah. And that is the cost of running a business. This yes. is labor Having, cost. Yeah. An employee. <laughs> yeah, and treating them yes. as such. Yes, as valuable human beings. Yes. Now, they <clears throat> want, they the three companies together have spent... Over three hundred million dollars. Three hundred million campaign lobbying, campaigning lobbying, lobbying, yeah. Ads nonstop, and only hiring um, actors of color mm -hmm. to be in these commercials, saying, "I really want flexibility in my life." You know, as a gig economy driver, like I want, I want to do multiple gigs and blah blah blah. Yeah. Get real. No one who's driving Uber wa wants to work four jobs. They yeah. want one job. Yeah. That, the, the whole idea of freelancing it, it has been ripped into this idea of like, oh, you, you, why wouldn't you want to? Make as money, much money as you want and, <laughs> and do whatever you want. You don't know brick and mortar. You're individual. You're free. You're an American. Make that money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just not the case. The, the reason behind them spending $300 million, anyway, any corporation that's spending that much money on a proposition means that they're trying to save money. That's the, the whole point. They want to fucking uh, deliver shareholders, you know, whatever. They, they want to deliver profits to their shareholders. Yes. Now, my friend and I, he's a gay from Ohio, and he, um, he, he, he's a sweet guy, and we started talking, and he was like, I'm voting yes on um on the proposition and i said oh I'm, i voted no and we had a very civil discussion about this cool. and he, it came to, down to the fact that he was like well you know people need their flexibility i was like just because you're a um 
an employee doesn't mean that your schedule can't be flexible. Yes. You know what I mean? That's a fallacy. They're lying. And he was like, and then we went back for, he's like, well, the people I know uh, just want to be Uber driver and then do something else and do something else. And I was like, that's not the Uber drivers I know. Yeah. So maybe we are coming to a, a head where you know certain Uber drivers and I know certain Uber drivers. Yeah. And I guess we just won't agree on this. And then he said, you know, even um, when I open my app, every time I open my app, Uber says, vote yes or your fee is going to go from $4.99 to $12.16. It's going to be super expensive. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly the problem mm-hmm. is that you we keep looking for things cheaper, faster, more convenient, less, 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 less. And we see value in paying less. And then where do you think that is going? If you pay less for your product via Amazon, via whatever, you know, for the convenience of that, someone is getting screwed. It is directly proportional. The amount of convenience you experience and the amount of, you know, uh, savings you experience is going to cost someone else that money. It doesn't, it's not, it's, we don't think about how we ought to be paying for things that are worth things. You know what I mean? Like we keep saying like, oh, we want cheap. We want something that's free that, you know, like, but why then you're putting no value on the person that's making it. And that becomes, that drives the value of the laborer down. And that means that they can't fucking survive because we're not paying there. No one's paying a livable wage anymore. And I, that's what I was arguing to him. Like, stop. I know that you feel like you, you, you're not making any money, but you saving money on a trip, is not going to help this person who is providing the trip. Why don't you maybe, why don't we just think about rethinking our value systems and paying for a trip and, and, and having it be worth $12 as opposed to making it be like, oh, then I want it to be as cheap as possible. Where do you think that savings coming from? You think the corporation is just like, oh yeah, okay, well we love our customers. But also, but why? But also, Uber doesn't have to pass that cost on to you. They could simply just make less money. But they they will never they won't do that. It's like they're choosing to do that. They're choosing exactly. Every company is going to choose to do that. Choose to pass the. Pass onto the consumer, a consumer right. who currently, instead of COVID era, who has no relief from the government, right. who has, can I find another job, right? And also might need to get somewhere right. so, and not have a car because they don't have any money because they don't have a job. They have no relief, you know? And so if they have to go see a family member and they need to use Uber, <laughs> there's so many reasons why Uber can simply make less of a quarterly uh, profit exactly given that it's fucking 2019 also given the fact they're getting a huge tax break they that's will what be getting i mean a tax is the corporations well. won't do it on their own unless we fucking regulate it has them to be willed because and a corporation we, as a person is greedy exactly greedy and they have piggy. no regulations and they have no taxes no so and uh, and those people who are board members of those companies are making more money on money. So at the end of the day, we all get screwed. So what do we have? We have our vote. That's all we have. We we could vote these proposition these propositions to make it harder for hit the corporations hard so that they have to spend the money to cover these people. Then the business practices will change. The, we have nothing but votes. 
You know what I mean? Like, we have to vote people into power who's going to regulate these banks and stop fucking bailing them out for billions and billions of dollars. Meanwhile, we don't have money to fucking get a vaccine. That, you know, like, we have to rethink how we consume things. And we can't just blindly fucking consume things over and over and over again and be like, well, it's not my fault. My, my, the economy's bad. Why do you think the economy's bad? We're voting. We're not voting the way we ought to be. So when we have these propositions in front of us, we have to be able to think about the bigger picture and not think about my Uber thing is going to go up. Yeah, it might go up, but you have to force the change so that the company behaves correctly. We can't keep saying, well, someone will take care about the company. We have to do it. Our our purse strings, our vote is all we have. And that's the thing that I, I, what we came down to is that like, you know, I think inherently we are taught to think king sizing and 50% off and these things are good. And I, I, that is something we have to change and we have to think about goods differently and services differently. And that's the main, and that we see that happening in Korea, the widening of the gap of the middle class and how, you know, Parasite and all these, every single fucking K-drama is about like, oh, I, I'm in so much debt. Like yeah. we should not be living in debt. This is slavery. This is new neo-slavery is fucking school loans and debt and never getting out of this fucking rut. And, you know, the, the ruling that, class that has will, become the yoke of the young. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that is designed by it's these fucking boomers. Yes. yes. It didn't just happen, guys. Like it happened because we no longer had a caste system that was black and white. It became murky. So we had to fucking have a caste system that is based on how much you can make and earning potential and, you know, redistricting and all this fucking shit. So like at the end of the day, I think these are conversations worth having. I'm not saying that, you know, don't, don't, don't get a deal or haggle or whatever. Sure. Whatever. Do what you need to do, but let's start thinking on a macro view of like how we can be empowered to make these corporate fucks answer for, their their issues and not just be blind to like well i don't know how the dow works let's learn and anyway that's it okay that's it <laughs> let's move on to kick-ass koreans <laughs> like you, came back from that, you came back from that pee fired up <laughs> yeah yeah well this is a conversation i recently had and i was just so angry about it because and this is also the same person who did not know the language spanish came from spain you know what i mean he was like I was like, what did you think it was? Like, and it was like, oh, I thought it was like Latin America. And then they went to Spain and maybe it was the other way around. And I was like, but no, there are indigenous cultures and, there in, that, yeah. in South America that have speak a very exactly. different culture. No. I mean, Mexico <laughs> has a ton of different languages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, he, you know, and he's one of these people from Ohio, yeah. no shade to Ohio, but all shade to fucking Ohio, yeah. <laughs> where the education system is not on par with the coasts. And they're, you're teaching these people, you're, you're I mean, purposefully- he's also, he's not, He doesn't have a curious mind. You can be from Ohio and know that Spanish comes from Spain. <laughs> Like, don't put this on fucking the Ohio public school You're system. right, like, you're right. This, this guy you, just doesn't have a curious mind. Uh, sure okay yeah yeah this there that that is that that is a personality yeah. who 
doesn't want to learn. Yes. But in 2020 to not know that Spanish is came from Spain and the linguistic uh, like colonization yeah. of an entire region like is that lack of curiosity? Yes. What what class is going to teach that to you? I don't know. You that Euro- in European Europe? history? Yeah, European history? That- European You learned that in AP Euro? Not AP- even AP regular Euro. Oh. History. I don't know. I never took a non-AP class. I mean, I went to one of the best <laughs> schools in the nation, so yes. I know I'm an elitist, and yes. I know I learned a lot, but that's, that's scary to me. Like, that feels like that should be... Not even if you haven't learned it, just by, I don't know, logic? Logic? No. That no. means that you're even erasing colonialism then. He you know what I mean? That not realize that... What Spain, was. yeah, he didn't even realize that Spain basically raped and pillaged an entire region of the Americas. Yeah. But that's that's Crazy what it, that's what do- I mean. Like that's what it comes down to is that if you're not going to think about that, you're not going to think about how your money is affecting government or you know what I mean yeah, or corporations. Oh my god, you're right. We're yeah. doomed. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. And now, now for kickass Koreans. Kickass Koreans, key. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some cool people. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do... Her name is Unju Moon. Okay. Um, she is an Australian-Korean, but she was actually very similar. She was born in Korea and then raised in Sydney. Ooh. And she was... I, I've, I stumbled upon her because I was being forced by Netflix to watch a biopic... Uh, about um, <laughs> feminist icon Helen Reddy. And if you don't know who she is, she um, is the singer who wrote and uh, sang the feminist anthem, the first wave, the second wave, whatever, anthem, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and um, as it turns out, she was also an Australian. Um, but yeah, like I mean, Netflix knows like this bitch wants to wa- watch like I'll watch any sort of biopic like this. I love music documentaries and anything like this. So uh, I was forced to watch this white lady pretend to struggle, and I at the end of it, I was like, oh, that's a Korean name. And um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but also I was reading the Wikipedia entry as I was watching the movie because even in a documentary like a biopic like this, I do need to know how it ends. Um, <laughs> so she. Is um this I so I looked her up. She's the director of that film. I am woman, mm. and um, she went to the American Film Institute, graduated with a master's, and okay. received like this directing award. She directed the Zen of Bennett. I don't know if any of you remember. For all of you music documentary heads out there, it's called <laughs> The Zen of Bennett. It's very good, and it's a documentary on Tony Bennett. Clearly, and mm. It is a very good documentary. After that, she did a PSA about gun violence. Um, and then she did this. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But what happened was she wound up like kind of learning. Up, she met Helen Reddy at a Good Day Australia event in 2013. Mm. And then like kind of heard her story. And then this became her pet project. And that's how she got it made. Because they're Whoa. both. She was both like from Australia and also... The song itself, it's sort of like how 
there are cultural moments, you know, where like a music, a particular piece of music can really galvanize something. Mm. And that's what this song was. It's like the unofficial song of International Women's Day. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it was that's an okay awesome. biopic. It's whatever. But it was, I thought it was cool <laughs> that she did that, you know? I was just like, okay. Awesome. Yeah. What's her name one more time? Un, Unju. Unju. Um, awesome. Kick Unju ass. Moon. Mine is an un as well. I know. Um, actually, un. my uh, my uh, you are an un. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, I we got this um, kick-ass Korean from uh, a listener. I'm not gonna say their names because I don't know, uh, you know, privacy and all that. But yeah. they wrote in, they emailed show at gmail.com and said, "Hey, um, we'd love to rec- I'd love to recommend my sister as a kick-ass Korean." Yeah. And um, I was like, "Okay, yeah, let me do some digging." And um, I was googling her, and let me tell you, this un, her name is Un uh, Sun Chun or Chun Chun Un Sun. I'm that's guessing what yeah. that's what it's called, Chun Un Sun. This name. person is very good. It yeah. rolls off the tongue, yeah. especially in Korean. And yeah. um, she's an architect and interior designer that is absolutely killing it out here in uh, based in New York. Um, she is a founder and partner of this company called 212 Box. Um, cool. And with this other person named Eric Kloff, but we won't talk about him. Um, they have uh, so many cool projects in New York. Name they, she's been um, written up in W Magazine, Wow, L uh, uh, L Magazine, uh, fucking what else? Uh, New York Times talking about uh, building uh, uh, something in Napa Valley. You know, in in harmony with the land. Very like um, what's his name? What's that guy uh, uh, who built um, houses on, onto the cliff? And, and so that they, you know, like it looks like it's coming out of the cliff or whatever. He, House on the Rock? No. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh. No. I, yeah, no. Frank Lloyd Wright. He did that intentionally? I mean, he did yeah. put things into nature. Yeah. Yes, his okay. whole thing was like, don't go against nature, go with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, this person, Unsun Chun, uh, is a partner at 212 Box. And uh, they've done really cool. Uh, they've had really cool clients like Christian Louboutin. Um, yeah, this uh, they 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 did um, Philip Roth's Upper West Side apartment. Okay, Philip Roth. Okay, uh, American novelist Philip Roth. Yeah. Um, uh, also says that uh, they're renovating Tatiana von Furstenberg's Lower East Side Town. I don't know who Tatiana is, but it sounds like it's Diane von Furstenberg's Furstenberg? okay. daughter, sibling, something, family member. Okay. So she's very, like, um, clued into the New York uh, scene and yeah. has and 212 Project does everything from commercial to residential. Um, it, the If you go to 212box.com, you can see a lot of their projects and it's just really beautiful. And the the way I, I've, I love architecture. Um, I love looking at houses and interior yes. design. I don't know anything about it. And I think that's why I like it. Yes. I really have like, I just finished Dream Home Makeovers <laughs> on oh. Netflix. It's it's so interesting to watch how people look at a space and um, how design like like 
basically changes the mood for your for your everyday. You have to be in that space every day. Yeah. I'll tell you what. And because of that, I was inspired to get rid of a chair in my living room, and it has completely changed the flow of getting rid of one chair and i was like oh this changes everything this centers everything in the flow the energy is better so uh, i know nothing about it this is one of those things that like i can really look at and appreciate and not have an opinion or you know what i mean you don't have an opinion I'm not an informed opinion. You know what I mean? Like I'll say like, I like it or like, it's yeah. pretty, but like, I, I, I just, it's one of those things I really love because I, I am totally ignorant to it yes. and I could just be like, yay, nice. It's kind of like how I listen to music. I don't know. I don't know anything Same. about nothing. I'm nothing Same. about music, but yeah. I just go, okay, it's a Bob. I can move to yeah. it. You know, like, yeah, like I, comedy. I, like, I can't do that anymore. A, I'm just a true appreciator. Absolutely. Not a critic. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I want more of, Unji. I feel like because you and I are tend to be smarter than the average Joe Uh and we are creative and artsy that we dabble in things like comedy and food and you know, whatever, right? Like and because we're good at comedy, food, etc., we tend to critique it. And we and we and whenever I watch things now, I can't watch things just to watch things and get lost anymore. I'm thinking, oh, what's the structure of this? How are they setting this character up? Oh, here's the turn. Here's the act break. You know, so like (laughs) you're a lot more like that with me. You're a lot more like that with movies. I literally watch Hubie Halloween in the dentist chair. (laughs) (laughs) And did you like it? Lolling. Lolling. Yeah. Lolling. Okay. Lolling. I love it. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I'm enamored by architects and designers, and Unsan Chun is an amazing one. And yeah. thank you to her sister who wrote into us. Yeah, um, yeah, she's really kick ass. Just Google her name; you'll see her all over um, the New York scene. That's, that's so cool. I mean, I love design. I am also equally as ignorant. Have yeah. no, but that's my pat. I call it in my life square. It's my one of my hobbies. It's a passion of mine. Like I design. That, yeah, design and like that sort sort of like aesthetically sort of like home yeah Yeah. like i like that stuff how do you approach i look at a lot of things i look at and then you just try to like copy or like do your own spin i just well honestly um yeah i look at what the room needs like how it's gonna function how does form and function yeah okay so then i'm like well if i need a shelf here or this is a work area yeah. then i think about that think about mm-hmm. and then i measure and then i look at pictures do you like pinterest are you looking through magazines like everything oh everything okay yeah but gotcha. usually what <clears throat> is most helpful is mm. i also settle on a, a mood ah okay and is that Based in color or yes. time period, style? Okay, Sometimes, color. Sometimes, I mean, the thing is, it used to be when I would go to places, you could, like, find something that, like, you liked. Mm. You know like, what I mean? Like, just, like, a one Like, thing. when you're on a trip or... Yeah, like, just, okay. like, you just, like, some, like some shit. And you're like, yeah. oh, I want it to look like this now. Yeah. But you can't do I that have really a anymore. pack ratty behavior. Oh, me too. Yeah, which kind of, like, inhibits the, <laughs> the, uh, the whole purpose of design. <laughs> but um and then I, and then i just throw it together i go like yeah boho chic yeah exactly i'm boho chic too for the same reason because <laughs> i just put a scarf on it bitch like, it's like yeah 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 it's got tassels whatever yeah it's got whatever yeah <laughs> 
it's true. It's true. Okay. Oh man. Well, I love you. Stay love strong. You yeah, and we'll talk next week. It'll be hey. Either way, it'll be an interesting episode. <laughs> it's gonna be long, folks. Yeah, it will. All right, Whiting, okay. everyone. Bye. Whiting, bye.